Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. To quote the executive producer of this program, Tom DeCelestino, happy hump day. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you, and we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Phone number on the program if you want to give us a call. More of you have been doing that. We love that. We'll take your calls, 855-212-4CBS. It's toll-free. It doesn't cost you anything. And you get to talk to Tommy. Pretty Daddy Diesel over there. 855-212-4CBS. Twitter, Sports Rider, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R, my last name. At Diesel, CBS, D E C E L, or at Andrew Bogish, who is here in about 20 minutes or so, will give us some headlines at the bottom of the hour. Bottom of the hour is such a dumb expression because it refers to the clock that hangs on a wall, right? The six, the third. Nobody has those clocks anymore. When I got in radio, I had no idea of people, oh, yeah, we're going to do it at the bottom of the hour. I'm like, what are you talking about? Isn't that the midway point of the hour? I'm with you if you're equally confused. Uh, we're going to get into, it's kind of. It, it's difficult to know how to talk about, and it feels a little ugly, the Tom Brady-Giselle divorce story, but but I, but I, th- I think it's important. I think it has a bearing on his play, and we're going to talk about the reports that she, Mrs. Tom Brady, has hired a divorce attorney and, and what that means. We'll also get into a different kind of relationship gone sour, maybe that never existed at all, LeBron James as he chases Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's remarkable, monumental, all-time scoring mark. I mean, that is a, a record I certainly never thought would fall pre-LeBron you know, LeBron maybe maybe five or six or seven years into his career. LeBron has no relationship with Kareem, and, and I think I have some insight on that. Having covered LeBron and spent time with Kareem, we'll, we'll get into that story. Alana Rizzo is going to be with us from MLB Network, friend of mine, friend of the show. That'll be an hour from now. We'll do buy or sell later in the program. We'll do NFL MVP odds. Uh, good morning, D-Cell. Is everything good in your world? You happy? You good? Good everything, morning, everything? Bill. Hey, buddy. Wow. That's a lot of energy. Yeah, I'm ready. Hump day. You know I love hump day. You love those hump days. All right. Aaron Judge now holds the asterisk, radio asterisk, American League home run mark last night. He hit number 62. It had been a little bit of a wait. The The press of history clearly was on him, and I am supposed to, I think, I think that the rules are, I didn't get the, I didn't get the, the document today, the rules, that I'm supposed to come on and feign, not interest because I'm interested, feign some level of awe and some level of meaning and lean into this accomplishment as he passes Roger Maris with obviously that same New York Yankees team, that same blue and white jersey, um, but some kind of sense that this is magical. And I haven't been able to do it, and I hoped when he blasted 62 that would change, and it hasn't. Here's what I realized, and this is not 
any kind of a takeaway. I'm not attempting to deplete the joy or the accomplishment for Aaron Judge. The guy is a machine. The guy is a beast. He's a huge part of the Yankees' success. He's also not under contract at the end of the year, so that's going to be a fascinating story to see where he goes, what he gets paid. And already today, and correctly so, one of the narratives have shifted from, he did it, to, man, the Yankees better give this guy all the money in the world. Back up the Brinks truck. Get the Scrooge McDuck pile of cash ready and pay that man. But as it relates to the record, as it relates to the celebration, as it relates to what to me feels like a forced sense of history, I realized last night why I just can't get there. Why I can't be part of the celebration. And it's the old fool me once, shame on you fool me twice, shame on me. I went through the McGuire Sosa chase as a, as a fan. I'm a Cubs fan. And I'm from the Midwest. I spent a bunch of time in, in St. Louis. I went to school in Missouri, so I was close to that Cardinals organization, in the sense of just being geographically close. And I felt duped. And then we went through it again with Barry Bonds, and you kind of knew it was garbage when he got to, what, 73 in 2001. But again, I leaned into it. I wanted to do it. He passed that McGuire mark of 70. Remember, McGuire got to 70 in that chase in 1998 with Sosa, where Sosa got to 66. That's two home run chases that I gave myself over to in terms of a sense of awe and joy. And I was an adult and a young adult in each of those cases. That childhood giddiness that only, for me, baseball can bring. I mean, there is something about watching a guy pursue and accomplish a no-hitter or a perfect game or go back to Miggy Cabrera. I mean, what was that, 10 or 15 years ago when he hit for the cycle? And I've said this on the air. I was in Kansas City, Missouri. I was covering the Royals a little bit. I was at that game when he, when he, when he clinched, it for, clinched the division and clinched that mark. Guys that chase 3,000 hits still mean something to me. But the home run record became a lie. And having already gone through it, having already celebrated something that wasn't real, I realized last night that I can't celebrate Aaron Judge because he's not the home run king. We can do the asterisk. I've read the stories. I understand the argument. He's the real home run king. He's the guy that didn't cheat. I'm with you on that. He's the person that did it the right way. That's 100% true. He's the epitome of what's excellent about baseball and what's magical before it was ruined. Absolutely. But I lived through 2001 and 1998 and 1999 and 2001 again for Sosa. There are six different home run quests in a single season that are ahead of Aaron Judge. And not only are they true historically, it's not like for me and for you that it's Babe Ruth that I'm looking at on a list or Ted Williams, names that are engraved in history but not really in my memory. I lived Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. I went through Barry Bonds in 2001 when he hit 73. That's number one. McGuire, 98, when he hit 70, and that chase was Sosa. When that same year, at three, Sosa got to 66. The next year, 1999, McGuire hit 65 home runs. And already had the sense, the, the stain, the, the residue, that maybe this wasn't on the up and up. But still, we tried to celebrate it. 2001. That's, a long, that's three years after the home run record that just that fell from Bonds, the original steroids-fueled record. And remember, McGuire's admitted to use steroids, Sosa and Barry Bonds continue to lie. That's where we are. But we know that these are tainted records. Sosa 64 in 2001, Sosa 63 in 1999, and then Aaron Judge at 7. 
And for me to celebrate Aaron Judge, to to try and bask in what is the adulation of all baseball. And if you're a Yankees fan, I mean, be into it. I get I totally get it. Baseball is a is a microcosm of a sport. Unfortunately, it's very localized. It's a huge deal in those markets. But for this story, for me, to transcend being a Yankees fan, which I am not, and to be a baseball story on the magnitude of all-time history, I need to make the exact same mistake, the same compromise now, today, that I made in 2001 and 1998 and in a lesser way in those other years and pretend that those seasons didn't happen. I have to lie to myself in a different way, but I have to lie to myself to celebrate Aaron Judge. I have to pretend those seasons didn't happen. They did. So every time that Aaron Judge hit a home run on this track, as it became clear, like with LeBron James and Kareem, there was a point a few years ago where you could do the math, and you're like, oh, if the guy stays healthy, he's going to pass Kareem. And there was a point this year with Aaron Judge, pretty deep into the season, where you just did the math and said, oh, I mean, if the guy just stays healthy and hits at even a a normal rate pre this season for Aaron Judge, he's going to hit that mark. In order to celebrate that, I have to lie to myself. I have to pretend years one through six didn't happen. Every home run he hit, I am reminded of my, and maybe it's self-righteous, but I don't care. It's my, it's my baseball fandom. It's my perspective. That home run lie and the hearings and McGuire crying and basically saying I did it and Sammy Sosa suddenly forgetting how to speak English and Barry Bonds overwhelming arrogance in the face of these accusations. Every home run Aaron Judge hit brings that back for me. Every story that I read, and I read a lot of them this morning, a couple last night, mostly on Twitter last night, about what Aaron Judge has done and how we should consider that the record and not this other thing and the greatness of, of, of his accomplishment, all of it to me just brings flooding back how much home runs have been ruined for me in baseball. I said at the start of this segment that I can celebrate, and I do. Like, no hitters are amazing, and I've never seen one from beginning to end. I think the earliest I ever got into one was the fourth inning. But I still find it actually truly magical. And I've talked about, in a really ridiculous way, but whatever, I'm a ridiculous person when it comes to sports, how much I think it's ridiculous and insane that Ted Williams didn't win the MVP against Joe DiMaggio in 1941 when he hit 406. Whatever. I still find 400 to be this, it's almost like a unicorn. It's like Bigfoot, or, but you can prove it. It can happen. It probably won't, but I would find that utterly riveting if a guy even flirted with that. What Shohei Otani does is similar to me, even though there's no historical precedent, in part because there's no historical precedent. I could go on. I, I believe in the magic of baseball. Hell, I'm a Cubs fan, and I had the great advantage at CBS Sports to, to be able to cover the World Series as a Cubs fan and be at every, every single Cubs playoff game that season. But home runs are ruined for me. I don't care about 500 home runs anymore. I don't care about a guy hitting 30. I remember that was a big deal. I'm old enough for that. Or 40, or 50, or 60, or in this case, 62. I understand it's magical for Aaron Judge, and I understand that, that afterwards, when he was talking to the media, that it wasn't just accomplishment he was speaking to, but the relief, because for him it is a big deal to have finally overcome the stress of chasing history. There's a good sense of relief once it, I saw it land in that fan's glove. I tried to enjoy every single moment and you know, not really think about, hey, they're all on the feet for you to go see you hit a home run. I tried to think about, hey, they're... They're here to see an exciting ball game and see something special. So, you know, just having that mindset kind of helped me stay pretty calm. But there's definitely a little pressure in there. But, you know, you try not, you just try to block that out. 
Baseball would have you bend over backwards to celebrate something that isn't really the accomplishment they're pretending that it is. Remember, when McGuire and Sosa beat the Maris record back in 98, it wasn't the National League record that was celebrated when they passed, I think, Hank Greenberg. I'm doing this off the top of my head. 56 home run mark. It was always 61 they were aiming for. It was never, they oh, the National League record. I don't care that Aaron Judge beat the American League record because I wouldn't have 10 years ago, and neither would you. And, and when Barry Bonds got to, to 70 and then 71 and, and, and finished at 73, it wasn't the National League record that was celebrated. He, he, he destroyed both, using means we all know now were, were, were ridiculous and, and broke the game. I don't care if Aaron Judge has the American League record. That's not the mark. It's never been the mark. And the fact is, for me, and this isn't fair to Aaron Judge, it's not fair to Yankees fans, life isn't fair, I get it, but I'm just being honest with you here on CBS Sports Radio, I can't come on the radio and pretend that I give a you-know-what, because I don't. It just makes me sad, it makes me think about that home run race that I got involved in emotionally, it makes me think about all the steroid stories I had to read, and on the radio talk about, and write, because I was a national columnist at the time. The mark that matters is 73. Aaron Judge needs it 74. That's what needs to be erased. It's going to be almost impossible to do because guys like Aaron Judge, God help us, please, fingers crossed, literally, as Tom can see, fingers crossed, are doing it the right way, without steroids, without help. And without help, there's a reason these marks stood for a really long time. I, I think it's awesome for Aaron Judge. I, I think he's an absolute beast. I, I think he has proven and shown himself worthy of a whole bunch of money in baseball. I think it is worth some of the cut-ins that ESPN has done, even though people rolled their eyes, because why not? you got to celebrate something in baseball and sell the sport. But the idea he's some kind of home run king isn't true. I know it. You know it. Manfred knows it. Baseball fans know it. It's not real. That's not an indictment on Aaron Judge. It is an indictment on Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. And for me, and Major League Baseball, and all those writers who look the other way, and fans like me who probably should have known better. For me, Aaron Judge, and this mark, and all this celebration, it just brings back my feelings on Bonds and McGuire and Sosa. And whether that makes me right or wrong, it's, it's how I feel. Needed to open the show with it. It's a big deal out there. People are talking about it. But it just has a sour taste for me because it is more about what has not been eclipsed than what has been. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Let's go from one downer to another. Let's go from that to an all-time great quarterback's personal life and whether or not he's going to get divorced from his supermodel wife. I, I never enjoy talking about people's personal lives, but I thought Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk, who, who we've had on the show a lot lately, has put it really well when he said that even Brady is acknowledged because of his greatness and his public life and the money he has made from his public persona, it's all fair game. And there's clearly something a little off about Brady. You can see a bit of a lack of joy. Tampa Bay has been fine, good, but not outstanding. He is in his, what, mid-40s now. The fact that his personal life is publicly in trouble certainly could have a bearing on his career at the end now of the greatest football career we've ever seen. And we're going to talk about it next here on CBS Sports Radio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I mean, that really is the nexus for me. If you're a father, you like sports, and you love puns, all nine of you, love your mom and dad, you, well, I guess mom's not a dad, I guess mom's not a father. And you don't mind that I don't know what I'm talking about in a in a talking profession. This is your spot. <laughs> you just put your hand in your head, <laughs> D-Cell. You're right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm dead. Hi, Bogish. I had a weird dream last night. I, um, I'm reading a Stephen King book right now. I'm reading the new book because I'm on the road. Fairy tale. It's very good and very addictive. I, I'm bouncing around the East Coast, and I woke up today in Philadelphia where it's sunny and 70. It's just like L.A. That's a lie. It's pretty overcast. Yeah, yeah, not so much. It's cool down, though. Uh, I'm bouncing around. Might be going to Miami next week. We'll see. I'm about kind of bouncing here and there. And uh, I'm reading this book, and I had a dream involving Andy Roddick, two guys I've never met, but apparently my dream I spend every Thanksgiving with, a New York apartment, an angry housewife, and a whole bunch of Stephen King books on a bookshelf. That's it. That was my dream. Now, when you say angry housewife, do you mean a housewife on Bravo, like on those shows? I or? can't quite see her in the dream, but she's very attractive, married, won't look at me, won't speak to me, is mad that I'm there. And that's all I got. But it's not my wife. My wife and kids are somewhere else. Okay. Yeah, Andy Roddick's there, but he won't talk to anybody. I don't know why he's in my, he's, I mean, that's on. That's kind of on. A Friday, lot of people Andy. in this dream just, <laughs> just, say, so that's just reality. won't talk to you, huh? <laughs> To be fair, the only people that would talk to me are the two guys that were like, you're back, and I didn't know who they were. Actually, now that I think about it, if I were to, because each of you are in, are in good shape and are, are good-looking guys, it might be you guys if you were grotesque, as I think about the dream, if you were <laughs> grotesquified. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. Um, Bogish, do you see, I don't think I've told this story. I, I know I have. When, when I cover LeBron... Many years ago in Miami, I wrote very critical things of him every day for, for 10 months. I think the word I used 831 times, I looked it up once, was petulant in the column. He didn't love it. We had a rough relationship that he weren't happy with me. But I, I, I remember passing on a couple stories that other people that wouldn't criticize LeBron's play would write. One involved LeBron's mom had a thing at a, at a club. It was dumb. It shouldn't have been a story. It was a big story. I just don't like writing about people's personal lives. But I think the Tom Brady thing is... I mean, fair game feels like the wrong term, too. It just feels pertinent, and he is a public figure. And, Bogus, I just said this a little bit ago. I think Mike Florio put it perfectly when he said Brady does make money off that persona. And now there's reports out. There's conflicting reports. Most of what I've read says that she, Giselle, has hired a, a, a divorce attorney and that he is looking into it and figuring out what to do. Now, Disa, you just saw something that just came out from page six, and he also now... 
or he has an he has an actual divorce attorney. But either way, feels like the marriage is on rocky on rocky ground. Does this feel unfair to even talk about? No, I don't think so because, like you said, and we've discussed before, when you put yourself out there like he has, I mean, they've had reality shows about his life. I mean, so when you when you do that, you can't then back away from the bad stuff. You're going to sell the good stuff. I eat this and I live like this and here's how cool things are. You can't then ask for complete and unquestioned privacy when bad things happen. Now, there's a line we shouldn't cross. We shouldn't be probing too much. You shouldn't have fun with it. But I think to treat it as a news story is fine. And I think since he's already been gone for however many days that was in the summer, I think it's okay which I would do with any other athlete that we knew this was going on with, I think it's okay to wonder, because I don't know that I would be, in the best possible position to do, to be doing my job because of this. Not because not just actually I physically agree. there, but like mentally and emotionally, this is, might be the worst sequence of his life. So that, how could yeah. that not affect him on Sunday? Or if he spends his whole week with crying, brokenhearted kids, getting yep. them through this, how does that not somehow come back up on a Sunday or a Monday. I think that's the thing that's, that's, that sticks with me because he's got, w- with his ex-partner actress, um, a 15-year-old, and then he has, I think, Two. his oldest with with Giselle is 12, right? Like 12, 9, and yes. 8 or 7. My kids are 13 and 10, and so I, I'm aware, and, and, and Andrew, you have kids who are also old enough to be walking around talking. Um, I'm aware what that would be like for my kids, and all three of us are happily married, and we're still married, but but I mean my my I'll be honest like my kids have heard Lori and I fight before this will shock you guys I fight with people sometimes my poor wife and I've had my kids like walk up to me and say Daddy please you're not going to get divorced are you and it just I mean of course we're not and it's you know a stupid fight p- parents fight and it it broke my heart I I'm with you I I cannot imagine the toll that takes on a person just functioning in their day to day life now some athletes escape their difficulties on the court. And I don't mean to compare divorce to what Kobe Bryant was accused of, but but that's an example where he talked about all the sort of drama and fear and worry and whatever you want to call it surrounding the court case in Colorado. He, he wouldn't play basketball and it was an escape. I just, I don't know. I'm playing armchair psychologist here, Andrew, but it he Brady looks miserable to me, like to my eyes, the last few weeks. Yeah. The whole and, season. Yeah, but also I think the flip, could be true. I mean, because we're not there and we don't know. So all we can do right. is speculate. But this, in a way, could be something that he's actually wanted for a while. So, like, now maybe he's feels better because the end is coming. And maybe he's relieved that this is now progressing the That's way it is. Like, there's a lot of different ways that people go through breakups and divorce and different stages of emotion. So... We don't know exactly where he is, but again, from the outside, like you just said, it certainly looks like he's not in the best possible position. So I'm going to risk passing judgments on a relationship I know nothing about, but I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to say this. Let's presume, I don't know anything, but let's say that there's no infidelity, right? I think let's presume that, it, that it's not an, that kind of an ugly divorce. The reporting that's out there, right? And I can't believe I'm reading peoplemagazine.com or people.com to get this information, but that's where we are in TMZ. States that she is angry that he that he retired, unretired, isn't involved with the kids, right? If you're going to marry an athlete, and I'm just going to like this is part of the deal, right? Like it's not new that athletes can't give it up. It's not new that all time greats can't walk away. 
And that's been true of athletes who should have walked away. I mean, Michael Jordan's the best example, but there's many. Ricky Henderson's a great example playing in the Mexican League at the end of his career, and it was ugly. Tom Brady's still, what is he, a top five QB in the NFL right now? I mean, it's not shocking he's playing. It's not shocking that he's playing, but we are entering new territory here. I mean, the dude is 45 years old. By now, if you're his wife, if you're his significant other, She's wanted him to retire for three, four, five years now. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's got to be exhausted right. by this. And they've been married since 2009, which I didn't realize till these stories came out. So they've, she's been, you know, paying her dues sounds lame, but she's been home with the kids for more than a decade, thought it was over, exhales, then right. he goes back and plays, and in that process, signs on to be gone for another decade of weekends for Fox <laughs> TV. So... It's it's not like they yeah. got married three weeks ago, and she's like, "Whoa, you're busy and never home." They've been married for 13 years, and the end is no longer in sight. I get I get it, but he's still playing at a high level. He has been playing at a high level the whole time. My point is, she should have understood. There's no way he's he's not walking away until it's ugly. That's just clear. He's not going to quit football. Until it is hard, until it is hard to watch. It is Willie Mays, Ricky Henderson, Michael Jordan. Throw in whatever example I'm, I'm, I'm missing. He, that's just that's how these that's how these guys are built, man. True, and again, just guessing. But if I'm trying to think like her, and you could actually like break down the anger, I bet she's more angry about the Fox TV thing than one more season of guess. NFL. Or the the one season of NFL was like okay, dude, like enough's enough. Like so, because that's another ten years. Yeah, you're right. Of being gone, like either Thursday night or Friday morning through all of Sunday, and it, it's going to be Thanksgiving because it's Fox. It might be Christmas on a, on depending on when the calendar cycles around, and then you're going through January and maybe into February for a Super Bowl year. Plus, Fox wants to s- swoop them all around and shake hands and go to meetings, all that kind of stuff. So yep. he actually might be physically gone from them longer in this deal than he was playing football. So I I get him. If, if this is what it's only about, I get it because he also told her he was done, said he was done playing, then he played again and signed up for a longer thing. I, I mean, and it's a great guess. You're right. It's and, and I just, I guess I presume that when he signed up for that, he had, Permission. He's also making stupid. Is it thirty-seven million dollars a year? But she makes more. That's the not other any, part of this. She not makes, anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But at the beginning did, of right. their relationship, the beginning of yeah. their marriage, she was more globally famous than he was. Like, right. Her career has taken a bit of a backseat to him. Okay, so this is dangerous. Too. Yes, and I've read all this, and people, people in TMZ that that she really did the ch- child rearing, and, and he didn't. That said. Supermodels like athletes are on a very short expiration date, right? I mean that you, you, you tend not to be a supermodel in your forties. Some, I mean, some are, but that's you know her her window closed, right? I mean, she's probably if she wanted. Although I don't know, maybe not. I guess I'm not a supermodel expert. Maybe not, but I think that platform opens up a lot of other doors for her to do other things. Like she's still going to be acting. uber famous. Yeah, Brooklyn Decker acts, as you say that. Like, Brooklyn Decker is in some Netflix show. Anyway. All right. Do you guys think it's going to impact his play? I already think it has. Or his retirement. I do, too. I I, I do, too. 
He just he doesn't look. Well he doesn't Chiefs. look happy. Yes, that that was their best game of the year. Now it's only it's a small sample size. Only been four games. They put up what thirty one points. Yeah, I yeah. already think it looks like a job for him. He doesn't look happy. All right, let me ask you this. I know it's a pure guess, but again, like we've been trying to read the the Tom Brady tea leaves for ten years. Apparently, just like Giselle, we we all now have something in common with Giselle. We don't know what's going on with Tom Brady. If they get divorced, if this, and I don't think that's a crazy leap. If you start hiring divorce attorneys, there's a very strong possibility you're going to stay separated and get divorced. If their marriage turns out to be over in the next four or five months, God, it feels weird to talk about. It feels so personal. Do you think it increases or decreases the likelihood that he keeps playing? Like past this season? Yeah. Why not play if you're, I mean. If like, he's if single the, again? I think it goes through the roof. I think it absolutely increases. I do too. He's still playing at a high level. Yeah, I don't. I don't know because I don't know how what he. Because we can't pretend that he was walking around skipping, whistling, and singing like Disney songs up until this season. He always complained about the things they were not doing correctly. He always had that horrible shrieking, yelling voice. He's always thrown things on the sideline, so it's hard for me to diagnose how much angrier, sadder, frustrated he is because of what's going on off the field. Because it wasn't like he was a saint to begin with. So I, I don't know. I just, I don't think he'd ever walk away during the season, which I thought where your question might've been going here. I don't think he quits in the middle and goes, this is too tough. Um, but no, I, I think, think this if she is made the, an ultimatum. He would maybe, I mean, that's, I think that's we're past really that point. Guess, I think we're past that point. I think that's had to have happened already. I mean, if she said to him, this isn't working, it's me or football. And he says football. That's hard to come back from. Yeah, which which may very well have been what happened after he showed back up and said, hey, I kind of want to be a Buccaneer again. All right, you guys want to take a phone call? You guys you guys up for this? I feel like Diesel does. He really does. It might be because it's the same guy who tweeted a funny joke about, about you and, and, and D. I can't, I don't, oh, he left. He, he got, people get shy. People get gun shy. People call in, Allen, Chicago, whoever it is, like, I want to go on, and then we say, okay. And and you know, it's we're, we're nice. Well, that's not that's not true. Andrew and I are nice here. Oh and come we're, on, we're, come on! <laughs> I mean, people listen to the show. You you can be a little edgy. You can be a little. And I see you're wearing an extra tight shirt today for intimidation effect. That's not true. Oh. I'm only edgy when I'm provoked. <laughs> Which is every moment of this. <laughs> yeah, of you're this constantly show. provoked. Man, we're going. What what a positive. The weather in Philly has got me in a really good mood. I went from the home run record stupid to true love is dead to Kareem and, and LeBron hate each other. That's coming up next. Yay! Celebrate all the joy after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. Just a quick sucker alert. Um, as as Diesel knows, or doesn't, Barca got completely hosed, cheated against Inter Milan, and they play again next week in the Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. And I'll be doing a little uh, live BetQL stream action. Like a little, little live chat next week in a match that Barca has to win. I, I tried to explain to the, the good folks at BetQL who asked me to do that, which is very nice. I'm an insanely stupid Barcelona fan, and I don't know how rational I'm going to be. They're like, cool. I guess we're going to find out. If you're an Inter Milan fan and you're in the chat, I, uh, I, uh, I apologize in advance. I'll, I'll give you more details when we get closer next week. But next Tuesday, pregame, during the game, halftime, postgame. I'll be on there talking some soccer because, you know, we're we're a big soccer show. And, and D-Cell has really been at the forefront of that. Tom, thank you for pushing soccer here on the program. Anything I could do to help the show. Appreciate you uh, very, 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 very much. I um I have covered LeBron James. That is a big part of the, the good fortune I've had in, in my own personal career. And I know the guy. And, and I, I actually like LeBron. I, I think... He's just interesting. There's so much about him that is not likable and so much about him that is likable. But his greatness, I, I think it's like general decency. Just he is, And I say this a lot. He does treat kids really well. And you would think that would be sort of the floor for a star. But I have seen some athletes, some famous athletes, treat children asking for autographs in a hotel lobby like garbage. It is shocking the first time you see it, and it's sad when it becomes not shocking. That ain't LeBron. I, I, I like the guy. I say all that, right? There's the buildup before the, the insult, the true insult. But it can be really petty. And there's an interesting level of, I think people throw this around, but I think there's an interesting level of insecurity with LeBron James. And I, and I try to have some sympathy toward it because I do think being a childhood star, and that's what he was, right? Teenager, high school kid, cover of Sports Illustrated, the chosen one. That's a pretty big weight to put on someone. And whether it's Michael Jackson or Macaulay Conkin or Jason Bateman, who does great podcasts, by the way, that you should listen to. DC, are you a podcast guy? Amazing podcast. Absolutely. I'm always looking for new ones. It's called Smart Less, like you're less smart for listening to it. It's really good. They interview a bunch of celebrities. Uh, it, it's my, it is literally my favorite podcast uh, that isn't produced by one of my two players. Uh, it's really, really excellent. LeBron is, is, is a childhood star, and so I have some sympathy for him. But there's an insecurity in him. And there is a he he really bristles when criticized from places or flanks that he thinks he shouldn't, which is interesting because like his own locker room, he dominates. He's in charge. He's the alpha. But if anyone comes in with a little bit of alpha of their own, he's really put out. And you throw into that mix, right? He's a Laker now. The historical connection to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, whose record he is chasing, and he's going to pass this year, barring injury. Kareem. And if you watched the show, the not Showtime, the HBO show, uh, I can't remember what the hell it's called. But that, that's that's how. Do you remember Diesel? Totally blanking on it. Showtime. Oh, that's right. It's Showtime on HBO, which is pretty funny. Um, it, it's a fairly, I think, accurate representation of how smart and aloof and off-putting Kareem can be. I like him, and I think he's a little, mi- like LeBron, I think I think Kareem's a little misunderstood, but that is a that is a recipe for those two guys not to get along, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is very vocal. He is a, he's not a smart person who writes. He's a talented writer. Like, he can write independent of the fact that he's, I don't know, 
the third best basketball player, the fourth best basketball player, maybe higher in the history of the sport. And he's been critical of LeBron James and some of the things that LeBron James has done. And like with Tom Brady's marriage, maybe LeBron is open to this kind of criticism. He uses his platform to be political, to be involved in social justice movements, to get involved in controversial things. I think it's great. Like you, You're an American citizen. Do your thing. But that doesn't mean everyone's just going to, like they do in the locker room, say, oh, man, you're the best. Everything you say is brilliant. Kareem has been critical at times of LeBron James. And I, that I, I think that's the proper context for what is here, a shot at Kareem. LeBron knows he's going to be in the spotlight. He knows that LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar coverage in tandem is going to be a huge thing as the year goes on. And LeBron James, as much as any athlete I've ever been around, understands the power of the microphone in front of him. He know there's no, oh, well, I didn't realize it was going to take off like that. He knows. He knows. And, and so for LeBron to say, in effect, he and Kareem don't like each other, that's what I hear in this clip, I think is really interesting. LeBron, would you having a chance to get the all-time scoring record this year? Do you have any thoughts on Kareem? And also, if you have a relationship with him? No. No thoughts. And no relationship. No relationship. Remember, it took a long time for Kareem to get his statue at Staples Center. Those of you on the West Coast in L.A. know, know what I'm talking about. He, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had a weird schism, sort of a Cold War, with, with, the, with the Lakers organization that has mostly, mostly been, been mended. And, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is by far, I think not even close, the most misunderstood, least, I don't think likable is fair, but the least liked top 10 player in the history of the game. He just is. I mean, Jordan's beloved. Magic's beloved. I'm trying to go through it. Larry Bird is beloved. People love Bill Russell. I think Steph's in that conversation. I had a, I, I've been talking to GMs this week. I had a talk with a, a combo with a GM who said Steph can never pass LeBron or Kareem, but is already a top five player, which I thought was a really interesting take. Uh, Steph, who's still playing, obviously, is beloved. LeBron's not beloved, but he is a lot more popular than, than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And so for LeBron to add to that and to lean into that and to make this about surpassing someone he doesn't like rather than someone he's going to honor, I think is a really telling level of, of, in some ways, LeBron's pettiness towards somebody that doesn't, excuse the uh, the, the, the pun here, doesn't, doesn't uh, you know, bow at the crown. King James. And it doesn't make me like LeBron any less. And when he accomplishes this feat, when he becomes... I mean, think about this. He's going to be the all-time leading scorer in a sport he dominates as a pass-first superstar. LeBron's going to be top five in his career in assists. This dude is basically an all-time great point guard in terms of his statistical numbers. Assists per game, assist percentage, total assists, which is going to be huge. While being the all-time leading scorer, he's going to have at least, what does he have? The four, he's going to have the four championships. He's probably not going to, is it four? Yeah, four. He's not going to get another one. He brought a championship to Cleveland. That's a big deal. He's probably, when he gets to that mark, and I've said this for years, whatever is true or not true, whatever is right or wrong, LeBron in the long term will be considered the greatest player in the history of the sport when he gets to that mark. And he's not going to mix in, it sounds like, a little graciousness toward Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's just bizarre. The only comparison I can think of 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 where someone surpassed another all-time record and didn't pay homage to that person is when Henderson... Ricky Henderson cameos today. Past Lou Gehrig's stolen base record. I don't know if you remember this, Cell. He stole, I think it was second, maybe it was third. And, and they stopped the game, and he got the base, and Lou Gehrig was out there, and instead of Henderson saying, oh, yeah, Lou is amazing, he's like, yeah, I, um, 
I uh, Lou Brock. I say Lou Gehrig, Lou Brock. I, I uh, I'm the best of all time. It's me. I just I don't like it, Tom. I, I even if you don't like Kareem, I wish LeBron would just do the. You don't have to ever. You can also say, look, we don't have a relationship, and that's not a, a great relationship. But I, I respect what he did, and it's an amazing account, and he's an amazing player. I don't understand the pettiness. Just is weird to me. Don't you think the NBA front offices, when they heard this, really were shocked by this? Like, if you're Adam Silver, right, you have LeBron James, an all-time player, playing for the Lakers. You have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, an all-time player, big name in Lakers history. Don't you think you would have had some ceremony with the two of them together? LeBron is getting this record at some point this season, barring injury. Like, it's going to happen. And now, what do you do with it? How do you celebrate it? I mean, I think it's going to be one of those things where, I mean, the, 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 here's the other, yeah, to your point, is Kareem going to show up? Like, I don't think he will. Like, we had Roger Maris Jr. sitting next to Aaron Judge's mom for about 10 days as Aaron which Judge. Which was cool. Which was, which was cool. Exactly, which was yeah. really cool. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get this when LeBron is, you know, 20 points away, 15 points away. I don't think Kareem's going to be there. Lou Brock, I said Lou Gehrig. It'd be amazing if Lou Gehrig had been there for Ricky Henderson's. Wow. Ghosts are real. No, Lou Brock, Lou Brock, writer, uh, was there when uh, when Henderson when Henderson got that mark. And I'm sure that there are going to be other examples over the history of the next 15 or 20 years as other records fall. As it turns out, there's almost no record that's, there's almost no record that's untouchable. I don't think Kareem's going to be there. And I think... The other thing that I think is interesting, and maybe I'm overreaching here and trying to figure out some sort of conclusion, but I I do think that I've covered LeBron James' team, so I can say this with some confidence. LeBron's mood impacts that team. LeBron, in many ways, is is the weather for for his organization. He is the mood, and when he's happy, the locker room's happy. They play better. When he's miserable, when he's sad, when he's down, when he's depressed, which happens when he when he feels put upon, when he just doesn't want to be there. There's just a, for lack of a better term, there's a there's a dark cloud that over that goes over that organization. The Lakers are miserable. Nobody thinks they're going to be good. Russell Westbrook shouldn't be there. They've had to fire a coach and bring in another one. There's a sense they're not even going to make the playoffs this year. LeBron James is looking at Anthony Humpty Dumpty Davis and trying to figure out how to put all the pieces back together again. There's not enough shooting. There's not enough defense. There's not enough depth. I do think some of his, uh, I, don't, I don't have a relationship, is LeBron is just reflecting LeBron's in a terrible place. And some athletes, that doesn't matter. It does with LeBron, how it impacts his teams. Like, all he had to say in that clip we just played was, he didn't have to go over the top, say, you know, uh, Kareem and I are best friends. All he had to say is, really respect Kareem, amazing player in this league for a long time. That's all he had to say. Well, here's what I've learned to do in radio, right, in writing. You can just tell the truth. And, and it goes a long ways. You can just say, to be honest, I don't really like Kareem. He doesn't like me. We don't have much of a relationship. I I don't know why that is. But the player that Kareem was, and the because LeBron's a student of the game, so he is so in tune with what Kareem meant to the sport, right? You hear about all these kids who who don't know what Notre Dame football means, or don't know what Nebraska football means, or don't have any clue. But LeBron's not that guy in his sport or any sport. I mean, LeBron's a very smart guy who's a student of the game. All you got to say is, like, yeah, we don't like each other, and it's too bad, and we don't have much of a relationship, and we don't talk. But you know what? Kareem the player, Kareem the guy and I may not connect. Kareem the player, this, this, and this, and to pass that's amazing. That's all. Just be honest. I think it's a level of the sourness in that clip. Can I play? Can you, do we have time to play it again? I think it's interesting how, how just I've, I've covered this version of LeBron. 
LeBron, would you having a chance to get the all-time scoring record this year? Do you have any thoughts on Kareem? And also, if you have a relationship with him? No. No thoughts. And no relationship. I mean, that is a very, very down, frustrated, not even down, put out LeBron James. I covered that guy, man. I was around that guy when he was like that. And I was around him when he wasn't. And his team and their ability to execute in difficult moments were totally reflected by the version of LeBron that you got. And the thing about this Lakers team is every moment's going to be difficult. If they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to win a whole bunch of games that, that, they, that they can lose. This isn't like the Heat teams or even the Cavs teams where it's January, no offense Utah, and you're playing the Jazz, or you're playing, no offense Pistons, you're playing the Pistons, or you're playing, who, insert whatever team that you're normally going to beat with a superstar and some, some supporting cast. Almost every game they play, other than, no offense Utah or Detroit, the Pistons or the Jazz, they can lose those games. They're, the Lakers can lose games to teams that aren't even going to make the playoffs this year. That is an absolute fact. Ron better get it together, man. I'm rooting for him. I like again. I like the guy. Complicated dude. I like the guy. Um, all right, let's uh, let's circle back to some baseball. To Aaron Judge, to what that record means. MLB Network's Alana Rizzo joins me in a moment here when we come back next on CBS Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 